No, no. All right. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers, and happy holidays! Welcome to the 43rd episode of the Tabletop Sessions Podcast. This is your monthly dose of tabletop gaming stories and shenanigans. My name is Elias, and with me today, a man who brings more joy than some would say, even jolly old Saint Nick, it's jolly old Hippocrates. Hello guys and ladies. Happy, like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ipo. Happy holidays. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine because uh, I kind of stopped working. Like I'm working uh, uh, one day and I'm sitting at home like three days. And it's so funny that today, actually not today, yesterday, I registered in an online diplomacy game. And uh, <laughs> because today I was, I was on leave, I couldn't text i was just outside with the family enjoying uh, life in doha and uh, people in the in the group were uh, typing oh guys we need to wait for hippocrates because he's working and he cannot uh, join and he cannot submit his moves and we need to to wait until afternoon and it was exactly the opposite <laughs> exactly because i was not working i was away from my computer so i couldn't uh, play my moves and it was so funny for me reading that all this stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you need to go back to work. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to play board games. That's what you're saying. Uh, online, yes. Because, yeah, uh, <laughs> even now I can still meet people and play games. But, yes, I mean, I mean, are you playing online board games on holidays? No. But if you want to send Ipo's uh, boss this podcast, feel free. He works at... <laughs> No, I mean, my boss will understand, I guess, because I'm not playing board games all day. I'm doing a job, uh, whatever it is, and then I'm going to play my move. My move will take like two I minutes, see. right? Gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. it's a very nice yeah. break between uh, your everyday job. Tasks. Unless, right, you cool. unless you love your job and you don't want these interruptions. Yeah. What a crazy concept. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're a professional board game tester right design but i uh, i don't uh so yeah i don't really play i've not been playing any board games online really like at this point like i try to maybe play so i try it with like some friends sometimes to play online live like real time but i have zero like turn-based games going on i don't know what happened it just kind of stopped yeah and uh yeah I think we got yeah. overdosed during COVID. And I think so. <laughs> I quit Board Game Arena for one year now, and yeah, and I don't feel I don't feel going back, and uh, <laughs> because of the awards that we're doing in this episode, yeah, uh, I called my friend in Athens and I told him, okay, you need to to go and vote in that uh, web page, 
and he told me only if you join me in an Ark Nova game in Board Game Arena. <laughs> and I said, fuck you, Felipe. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now yeah. I'm playing an Ark Nova game. I wish you the best of luck in your uh, addiction, uh, get, getting over your addiction. But, you know, I think it's important that we distance ourselves from friends who want us to still be addicted and still be users. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> as much as, you know, I get that he's your friend, it might be important to distance yourself while during this recovery process. So Maybe it was a cry for, uh, uh, you know. For help? <laughs> no. <laughs> For, to reunite uh, with your friend because he lives in Athens. We don't talk too much nowadays. So that was like a, an Perhaps. excuse. And he loves yes. me so much, maybe. I mean, That's this what is they the say about drugs too. The <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I want to see it. Uh, yeah. So uh, I just recently had a trip to DC. I went to, my friend is having a kid. And um, we went to the baby shower and everything, and it was really good to see everyone. And so sorry, I was in sorry to interrupt you, but DC is Washington for people that they don't uh, live in the Americas. Yeah, Washington <laughs> DC. Now, Washington now, now it is a Canadian, Columbia. so they call it uh, DC. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, in DC. But while I was there, I uh, I had a game day with with Mo and Erica. Uh, we've talked about it before when they came up here. I met Mo at this board game cafe. It was called uh, The Board and the Brew. If you're in the D.C., Maryland, I don't know what they call that area. They call it like the DMV or something, which to me is like the Department of Motor Vehicles. Are you talking about the DMV in the D.C.? It's like D.C., Maryland, <laughs> Virginia, right? The DMV. DMV. Anyway, if you're in that area, it's a really cool cafe. They got good food. They have a lot of game selections. We had a great time. We played a bunch of games. We played uh, The Climbers a couple times, which is a game I've always wanted to try. It's just like, as uh, Eugenio put it, it looks like a Soviet cartoon. <laughs> but it's uh, what is It's it? basically like this. Well, it's like you're climbing blocks, but it's actually a bit of a brain burner. Um like Rhino Hero uh, type. No, no, it's not a kid's game. I wouldn't say it's a kid's game. It's quite difficult, actually. But basically, like, all the blocks have different... I don't. This, this was not one of the reviews I wanted to do, but <laughs> all the blocks have different colored faces. And every turn, you can, like, move a block, and then you can move your dude up uh, along the tower. And then your turn will end if, like, everybody passes and nobody has gone higher in that turn. You have like a long ladder and a short ladder and you can use those once in the game and then that's it. And a blocking disc, which you can use once in the game and that's it. So it's actually a bit of a brain burner because you're trying to figure out what you're yeah. doing and what your enemy... Yeah, it's, 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 it's spatial reasoning in three dimensions. Sounds actually great. Quite cool. I tried it. I enjoyed it. It's a filler. I also got to play June Imperium, which I've kind of avoided just because it, it looks a bit boring. And like when I saw like the combination of deck building and worker placement i was like oh lost ruins of arnak i didn't like that game like it was just like an average game for me but i really like june imperium and i yeah. want to pick up a copy maybe of the new version and um i think it's a very good game it's like if, if it's like if lost ruins of arnak was a good game <laughs> yes that's a, a good way to describe it <laughs> lost ruins of arnak it's a good game for like one play and then it's kind of repeat 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 right so june period i feel like maybe maybe it'll feel the same 
Well, because I, I played Lost Ruins of Ornak, I loved it, I bought it, and then I felt it was like just the same thing over and over. And I've only played one game of Dune Imperium, but I think it's worth picking up a copy and trying it out. Dune Imperium, I feel it, it, it it's a mass-up of uh, amazing mechanisms, but I feel the, the deck-building aspect is kind of weak. I mean, I have played the game only Maybe. like three times, not more. I don't know. I, f- I felt it was pretty good because it has but, a traditional deck building thing. It's just a bit slowed down. Yeah. Um, I like the decisions you made. There were a lot of choices, right? Yeah. Like you're like, what can I do? Like, yeah. You're like, do I build up my military? Do I do I go and, and try to get more influence? Do I go for getting an extra worker? Like, there's so many choices. I like the number of choices. It, it felt good because that's what a good good game is to me. It's just like interesting choices. Um, then then Erica came and we played Res Arcana which is the first time I played it. Not my jam, but I can totally see why people like it. Very quick tableau building game. Really cool. Um, not for me, but, you know, I, I, w- I would play it. I enjoyed it enough to play it. Yeah, and like we ate, and then I went and picked up, well, I was supposed to go pick up Demo, but the traffic is so bad in D.C., and I I just met her at home because <laughs> she, she was flying in. Especially yeah. in DMV. Um, in the DMV, yeah, uh, <laughs> motor vehicle stuff. <laughs> But yeah, so it was really nice. And I got to hang out with Mo. And then uh, the other day we saw Mo and Erica. I played my first Carcassonne four times with their kid. So <laughs> that was really that was how really long, interesting. How long is, is she or, or he? he he's, he's like four and he won two of the four games. Like, And I was trying to beat him. So, so <laughs> what, what is my first Carcassonne? It's like a simplified Carcassonne. It's it's I mean, like if Carcassonne just had without the farmers. roads, ah, yeah, it's just the roads, but you don't have the choice of when to put your workers. Basically, the tiles have colored workers printed on them, Ooh. and when you place a tile, whoever has that color gets to place those workers on them. Oh. So, uh, anyway, we had a great time. He invited me to his birthday, so I'm gonna go. Uh, oh, uh, when is that? <laughs> March-ish, oh, mid-March. Yeah. So listeners, you can wait for a, a Carcassonne <laughs> review in, in, review. <laughs> in March. <laughs> no, what, how do you call it? Yeah. Not a basic Carcassonne? Uh, my first Carcassonne. My first Carcassonne. My first Carcassonne. Yeah. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> it's uh, great. It's great. I had, uh, uh, I had an experience yesterday. I, I was playing Deception. I sent a picture to the group also with the, you know, this new additional Greek uh, cards <laughs> that uh, they have like Greek salad and ouzo. And uh, <laughs> uh, one of them had uh, the Iliad. Okay, the Odyssey and the Iliad. And the, clue nice. th- and the clue that the forensic scientists gave to the investigators is that uh, in the scene, in the crime of the scene, in the scene of the crime, uh, it was found a uniform. So, and and the, sorry, not it was found a uniform. The, the scene of the crime, ha- the, the location was school. So I was, I was insisting that she is the killer because she had the Iliad and the Odyssey in her cards. And Tony, my friend, uh, looks at me and he says, you know, Iliad is usually in a library in our countries. Maybe in your country is in a school, but <laughs> but in our country. And I and I was thinking, oh yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's 
for us it's part of the basic curriculum but for other countries <laughs> i guess it, i guess it's not and apparently yes he was not a murderer so he, uh, beho- <laughs> behold of greek investigators in uh, other countries yeah. <laughs> was this a deception murder in athens <laughs> yeah it was funny because there there was this girl and she says Oh, you have th- this is a Greek game, but you have the expansion for Hong Kong, <laughs> 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 because the the name of the game is Deception Murder in Hong Kong. So, no, no, I said, this yeah. is the basic game. I got some cards from a lady. <laughs> That's great. You can That's hear great. the story in episode forty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> episode forty is it just a random guess. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, it talk, happened in it happened it. in July. That that was episode forty. Considering it's episode forty three. <laughs> yeah, so I talked about Not how it like months months work in September. I guess <laughs> maybe I don't I, know. Uh, I picked up a I picked up a game the, the, the new uh, the new the newest splutter game, horseless carriage. Um, oh yeah. In Canada, that usually goes for one hundred and eighty three Canadian dollars, which is insane for a splutter game How so i usually try to pick up splutter in, in, in real money <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me check no i mean approximately i'm not it's a hundred and 137 us dollars okay so that's a lot of dollars so i was like <laughs> i don't know about paying that much for this game so on black friday they had a sale on it and I had, you know, I buy a lot of games, so I had a fifty uh, percent. Like I had like twenty something. It was more than twenty, so I had like twenty something thousand points with Board Game Blizz. So I I spent twelve thousand points to get another twenty dollars off on it, and then I ended up getting the game for sixty seven Canadian dollars, which is a third of the price, <laughs> and it was brand new, and I'm shrink, and. So I played. I paid basically fifty U.S. bucks for a brand new copy of Horses Carriage, and for that price, it is definitely going to be worth it because it's splatter. So um, and I'm, you can I'm definitely pretty good about myself. You can definitely sell it tomorrow for two hundred uh, Canadian dollars for sure. But I won't <laughs> do that because that's awful. <laughs> so and be- I and because uh, our listeners waiting for you to review that game, plus myself, oh, absolutely. As soon as I get it played, how many players is that? Before would be my guess. I I can't mm-hmm. remember. I did I did punch everything out, and it has a lot of stuff for a splatter and a lot of iconography. It's three to five, sorry, three to five players. It has a lot of like little tokens and like like usually they've got like little resources and things like that. But this one just had like a lot of like different boards. It felt a bit clunky uh, in terms of punching it out. And a lot of iconography, which is not something Splutter usually does. But um, I'm keen on trying it. I like the idea of the spatial reasoning stuff. I like the idea of setting up markets. I like the idea of building your factory floors. I love tile laying. I love Splutter. I'm very uh-huh. excited for it. As soon as I get it played, I'll let you know, especially for 50 yeah. bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for 50 bucks. So. Now I'm excited uh, about it. Yeah, for 50 bucks. <laughs> No, I, I mean, uh, I said to you for for hundred bucks. No, I mean, I'm excited to to hear about it, to hear more about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll 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 be reporting on it as soon as we get it played. It's punched out. It's ready. We'll get it played. And uh, what else did you play all these days? Actually, um, 
recently, just, just this weekend, actually, we, 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 uh, our friends, uh, Chris and Matt, we were, we were like, Oh, we need to, you know, I think I talked about this last time. The fact that we hadn't been playing a lot of games. They heard on the podcast, I reached out. I was like, guys, let's get a game in. And they're like, yes, absolutely. And when it came time to pick a game, we are like, you know, it's so busy and everything's so like on top of each other. We're like something brainless if possible. So um, Chris was like, well, I have Cthulhu Death May Die. And I'm like, all right, perfect. Let's do a <laughs> dice chucker. I'm in. So uh, Dima and I went over. It's a game by Rob Daviau, famous for legacy system um eric lang famous for being canadian uh, <laughs> i mean based for blood this, rage and I, I feel that these two guys are the the most famous uh, two designers right now they are up there for sure it's published by simon um come on and <laughs> it's uh published in 2000 uh, come on as uh, steve spang of the secret cabal says but it was um Published in 2019, I think it was a Kickstarter. It's the one where they had like the five, four foot tall Cthulhu miniature that you could buy. Miniature, oh. which is larger <laughs> than a child. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> my friend did not buy that one, um, but he bought everything else basically. So we played the game. We called it the Cthulhu Holiday Christmas Special. We got together. <laughs> we tried to get Cthulhu snacks, so we had gummy worms, uh, so we could do a little Cthulhu mouth tentacles we uh we got like little pies that had star shapes on them for like you know um star spawn and all that it's hard and i got like beers with like you know uh insanity as a theme like mad tom and stuff <laughs> like that so we tried our best it's hard to get cthulhu themed snacks and drinks when it's christmas and not halloween you know just in case you're yeah. wondering so, <laughs> So I don't really want to talk about like the mechanisms of this game. It's not that complicated. You're going around fighting cultists and stuff, and then they're going to summon Cthulhu. In our case, we played Cthulhu. They're different months. They're different elder ones that you can, you can fight. And then you got to fight Cthulhu and then you got to, you know, close the portals and Is um, it, uh, make sure the world doesn't end. Gulp. Yes, it is co-op. Ah, nice. And uh, yeah, and the point of the game is you're getting stuff, collecting things. Uh, things are happening in the game when you draw from a deck. You get a certain amount of actions. You can move, you can attack, you can use stuff, you can do scenario-specific stuff. We played it twice, we lost twice. <laughs> oh, actually, that's it's, good, it's actually. Enough. You, yeah, that's a good thing for me for, for, for a co-op, yeah. for sure. For, for the first time I want to tell you play. some fun stories. Yeah, forget the gameplay. You're not getting the game for the gameplay. You're getting for the stories. So let me tell you some stories, all right? Wait, wait, I wait. was a warrior. Is there a spoiler yeah. in these stories? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I was, well, Cthulhu's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a huge spoiler. I, I, I played a warrior nun. So I was like a nun, and in the picture she was holding like a flintlock pistol in one hand and a dagger in the other. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was, I was going around, uh, let's say, saving cult, <laughs> <laughs> saving the world. So 
but she's kind of built like to be a tank in the game because she she has like these brawler abilities and stuff like that. So if you get the right items to her, she can like do a lot of damage and soak up a lot of damage. So it was really funny. Uh, Dima wanted me to pick the one character called like Ahmed Yassin or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> that's racism. So I picked the, <laughs> the warrior nun. <laughs> and uh, it was just so much fun getting to be the warrior nun. I really enjoyed that. And they do have a lot of fun characters. Like um, Chris was this possessed child called the kid. And uh, <laughs> it was horrifying, you know, sort of in that come play with us forever and ever and ever that sort of thing right um but the items he happened to find were like bottle of whiskey <laughs> or like if you have an alcoholic possessed child <laughs> running around this house stabbing and killing like cultists it's such a horrifying concept but uh yeah so Basically, it's Chris's fault we lost both games. <laughs> he's too, he's too. One of the cool things in the game is you have like a type of insanity that is happening to you. So you draw a card at the beginning, you have that type of insanity, and it sort of does something whenever your insanity goes up a certain amount. So whenever your sanity, you're losing sanity after a certain threshold is picked, you is hit multiple times, your your type of insanity will have an effect. The first time we played. Chris was like standing in the middle of the house and all the monsters were all basically one room away and Cthulhu hadn't been summoned yet, but all the demons were there and his insanity was everyone comes one step closer to you. So basically everyone uh -huh. ended up in the same room as the kid, the alcoholic demon child. And uh, if any of you die before Cthulhu's the summoned, you lose. So, so it was a quick game. It was like, that one was like under an hour. So we're like, all right, let's set up and play again. So we set it up, same scenario, played it again. And then this time, Chris at one point is like, Cthulhu's there. Everything's happening. We're in the middle of massive combat. And Chris has something called a beaker, an item. And that's if you throw a beaker in a room that has like fire in it already, it'll the fire will explode and everyone will take damage equal to the amount of fire there. And it has this thing in the game where when you go through a space, if there's any monsters in that space, they follow you, right? <laughs> if you don't have the sneak ability. So Chris comes up with the great idea of, well, th the middle room, that same room as the last time, that's really on fire. There's like four fire <laughs> tokens in there. If I run through these two rooms and take all these monsters and cultists with me into that middle room and then throw my beaker down, all of them will take damage, which is a great concept, except the only thing you can really kill with that amount of damage is the cultists. So he <laughs> runs into that room and he's like, I don't know if I should do it. You know, it seems because then I also have to deal with fire damage. And Dima's like, this is stupid. Don't do it. And me and Matt were like, do it. <laughs> So he runs into the room and he throws the beaker in. All the cultists die. And like he's trapped in a room with Cthulhu, a star spawn, and a couple more like horrifying demon things. Anyway, we lose that game shortly. He <laughs> had a great time doing it. So what I would say is it is a dice chucker and it's very much a you go around find things and equip them thing but it's clever and the rolling doesn't feel as horrible because you can sort of gain stress to re-roll plus no. the 
distribution on the dice is not as horrible as only fives and sixes hit sort of thing. You can get a lot of abilities that mean all sorts of symbols start hitting for you. Oh. So you can really like buff yourself up pretty quick. The dice doesn't feel terrible. You always feel like you kind of have an option to re-roll stuff. And, um, and there's That's good nice. stories to be had in it. And it's short as opposed to like Arkham yeah. Horror, which used to take like half the yes. day. You know? That's important. So I think it's a very good one. I think of all the Cthulhu style games that I've played and I haven't played, I should make it as a point. I haven't played Mansions of Madness, but all the like Arkham Horror, uh, Eldritch Horror sort of stuff, Elder Sign. I think this was my favorite and it was definitely helped by the ridiculousness of the stories that happened. So <laughs> That's my review of Cthulhu Death May Die. If you're in the right mood, if you get the right snacks, uh, it's a great time. Cthulhu Death May Die. How, how did you feel about the story? Was there any story unraveling as you're playing? No, or? no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> the, the story was a bunch of cultists are trying to summon Cthulhu. Go in there. You got to make sure they do summon Cthulhu and then kill him. That's kind of the Or thing. is there a campaign so. mode maybe? I'm not sure. I don't own the game. I just, I, I wanted uh, to put as little brain cells into this as possible. But um, I just wanted to share those stories because this is what the podcast is really about. Like, if you're counting on us to review the ins and outs <laughs> and the qualities and abilities and, 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 and the effectiveness of fun no, yeah. components in the game, we're not the people for that. We're idiots. So we're just talking about how, what, what happened. What was our experience time. with the game? Yeah. Yeah, and it was a good time. We enjoyed it, and uh, that's more than I can say for most of the other Cthulhu dice chuckers I've played. So, uh, yeah, Cthulhu Death May Die. So, uh, yeah, speaking about these monsters, I had this friend that he owns, I think he owns like three games. One of them is Terraforming Mars, I remember. The other one is Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards. Oh, uh, God, I hate that game. I, I I nihilageddon something uh, between an, annihilation and uh, Armageddon I guess. Annihilageddon. Yeah. Uh, what what is the name? Uh, Annihilageddon. Annihilageddon. Annihilageddon two extreme natural legends. So I have played this. So game. wait wait. So if I could if I could, the full title if you're looking for it. All right, get ready. <laughs> Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards and I get into Extreme Nacho Legends. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I I thought that I have played this game back in 2019 and I hated the game. I checked and I have rated uh, 4 out of 10 in Board Game Geek. And, uh, Too high. And apparently I played this game, three players, and I loved it. It was an excellent game and I couldn't... What? I couldn't say why why I liked it and why I didn't like it the last time because it was like uh, five years ago. So today I realized that... I'm so disappointed in the person you've become. Yeah, but I realized that the, uh, the first time I have played Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards <laughs> and I have a deck building game, which was the number one. Okay. So this is an I have a two. And... My friend Ziv, he told me, no, no, the first one was not good. This one is, is the good game. <laughs> so I remember the first one, I couldn't understand what was going on. I mean, there was uh, this uh, friend of mine, Nero, she, she, did, she did the combo and she was just killing me every turn. I was doing nothing. But in this game, it was everything was completely different. Uh, first of all, 
it's a game two to five players, okay? Uh, it's supposed to be played in 45 minutes. The designer is Corey Jones and Derek Larson and Ben Stoll. And I checked that only one of these three guys was uh, the, in the designers of the first game. Uh, it's a deck building game. You play cards, you play locations, you play wizards, you do some damage to other people and you buy cards. So it, it bas- it's based on Dominion and any other, any other deck building game that uh, you know. What I loved in this game is that some cards and most of the cards are like absurdly powerful. So it reminded me kind of Glory to Rome where you can do some uh, unbelievable stuff with some uh, specific uh, cards. Uh, also, what I loved is that dying is so common that nobody cares if you do some damage to them. So there's no grudges. Like, you can, okay, I, I deal five damage to you and seven damage to you and you die. Uh, and it's okay because in the next round they will die again or maybe or something like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, in these games, I love the shopping uh, phase of the game where you have the money and you go then to the market and you say, oh, there are so many good cars. What should I buy? And uh, the the last thing that I loved is the illustration. Like the, I think the illustration in this game, they really make the game like one level higher. And the illustrations are from uh, a guy named R.S. Bixby. Uh, check this guy out. I mean, I really loved it. One negative thing that I have for this game was that I didn't like it the first time I played it, but then, as I said, <laughs> I need to remove this negative part because I didn't play the same game. I have played mm. a Jadon 1 deck building game, which was <laughs> actually released in 2019. So it's a very cool game, very fast game. Uh, I really loved everything about it, so check it out. Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Anahela Zedon 2 Extreme Nacho Legends. <laughs> okay. First of all, I want to apologize formally to Carl Chudik, the designer of Glory to Rome, for um, Epo's comparison that this game is a lot like it has any similarities to Glory to Rome. Okay, next. It turns out the ones I've played is called Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards Duel at Mount Skull's Fire. Oh. And it has a different artist and also different gameplay. It doesn't have deck building. So um, I don't. Really? I, I didn't realize that these epic spell wars of the Battle Wizards were like different games. I thought they were just all like, oh, yeah. stupid, funny cards to expand yeah, things. And uh, so I can't really comment on it, but I really disliked it with all the fire of a thousand hells in my body. Um, that's how I felt. I, I hated it with the f- heat of a thousand suns. I don't know. I, I, I just I could not stand <laughs> that game. And uh, I'm glad to hear that it's not the same game. So, yeah, uh, and they're improving apparently because uh, Annihilageddon 2 Extreme Nacho Legends is obviously better than Annihilageddon 1. <laughs> yeah. Deck building game. Yes, so thank is. you for that. Yeah, we played a very similar game, um, uh, 18xx game. <laughs> it's called it's called uh, Shikoku 1889. As you know, it's very similar to Epic Spell Wars of the Battle yeah. Wizards. Yeah, same, same. It's almost the same. I don't know why. Yeah. Why would you buy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you played one, you don't need to play the other. But um, 
we talked about it last time that I got the copy after backing it on GameFound, and it's designed by Yasutaka Ikeda, uh, published by Deep Thought Games, originally in 2004, but this is the pretty version that I have now, which is the new version. Um, it's the same sort of game as, like, I talked about 1880 China recently. It has a lot of similar mechanisms because they're both based on 1830 and 1829. But neither of the, I mean, but this one doesn't have the whole communism thing. And of course there's small changes throughout. Um, what's very interesting about this one um, is, I'm not going to go into, again, a breakdown of how 18xx works. Just check out our last uh, episode where I talked about 1880 China. Um That'll give you an idea of how 18xx works. Very similar concepts. Um, this game, it's a much smaller map, like really tiny, really tiny. But what was, I, I'm okay with sort of a tiny map. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm ready for a knife fight in a phone booth. You know what I mean? I'm ready to <laughs> fight to death for this city. But actually, it was really hard to develop because it's very terrain heavy and very expensive to build, but also something I didn't think of, there are very few tiles available in the, in the stock. So like the, the tiles are limited and there's only like a couple of each type. And most of them just have one of each tile. Even the plain ones. Yes. Even the plain ones, they're limited. Wow. And the first thing that happened, which, messed me up is i i placed a little like the first thing next to me was this little yellow uh little town and i put a particular um piece on there a yellow level uh town tile on top of it and i didn't realize that in this game you cannot develop towns past level yellow and just from that first tile that i played i closed off like a third of the board to my company without going all the way around, which I've already told you it's a very expensive board because it's very terrain heavy. And I did not realize that. And in, so like, I love that. I love that I screwed myself over in turn one. It just, <laughs> it, 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 it's like, all right, now I know something. Why did I you just, love that? I mean, you know, I, I like that. did you stuff. love that? Any, anybody else would, would say that, oh, it ruined the experience for me. Yeah, it's well, like, if you're like that, probably how much time, how much you, time did like, you play that game? Hey, well, that's a great question. So um, I'm going to get into that. It took about, I'd say like five hours to play the game, I think, all in all, uh, which isn't too bad for an 18xx, but we were playing three players. But I'll get into that in a second. In this game, uh, the way that the stock round versus OR works is initially you have one operating round, one stock round, one operating round, one stock round. When you change era, you go to two operating rounds, one stock round, and then when you get to the last era, it's three operating rounds, one stock round. And the last train you can get is the diesel train. And the diesel train can go as far as possible on your track. That's how you know how like tough this map is. That this train can literally go unlimited amounts, and they're fine with that in the game. You know what I mean? They're they're completely okay with that concept uh, because it's such a tough map, which I loved. So we played it three players. It took about five five and a half hours, but we had all the companies in play, so whether you have more than three players or whatever, this is the maximum amount of companies that can be in play. So the operating rounds would be exactly the same, which is all the companies have to run, whether there's three players who own all of them or there's five players who own all of them. It's 
the companies that run, not the players. So it might be a little longer to account for a longer stock round, which is when the players are buying stock and stuff like that. But I don't think it would be long enough because the stock rounds tend to be shorter. I don't think it would be long enough to really make a dent. So maybe if you go up to the full players, maybe account for an extra hour or, or something like that for the full length of the game. But all the companies were in place, same as if we had five or six players. Um, but as I said, this is a podcast about stories. So I want to tell you guys a story. So you know I love 18xx games. And I will say that this game is one of the better ones that I've played. I really liked it. I really liked the map. I liked how harsh the tile selection is. I loved I loved the stock the stock board because as opposed to something like 1880 where the highest stock value you could get was 200, this one had a much higher stock limit uh, maximum. So because of that it became about a portfolio game. And unlike 1880 where you can only have 12 shares total, um not 12 shares but 12 stock share cards. Um and this one you could have 19. So there was a lot more buying and selling and manipulating the stock market. It also has basically penny stocks, which are like, if a stock reaches a certain level, it doesn't matter if you pay out or not. Like you, you can basically um, withhold, I believe, I can't remember right now, but I believe you can basically withhold income. Oh, no, no, sorry. You can sell the shares without it dropping in value. So once a stock becomes worthless oh, enough, um, it also... Sense doesn't count towards your stock limit. So you could have like a bunch of smaller yes, stocks. Yes, I like that. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. So penny stocks don't count towards your portfolio. Very cool concept. Overall, very solid game. Highly recommended. Great point to get into that 1830-style game. Um, and, it's, and it's as beautiful as an 18xx can be, which isn't very beautiful, but beautiful enough. So I highly recommend 1889. Now, let me talk about the fun story. Um, before I do, do you have any questions about the gameplay? <laughs> but, uh, not really. I, I wanted to, you to compare this game with the the other 18xx you have played. All of them? Yes. So 1846, I think, is the most operationally heavy of the ones that I've played. It's not very much. It's not really a stock game, you know. Um, 18. 80 China is very much a cash game where you're trying to just get paid out as much as possible. Um, uh, 1830 and this have a similar thing in that it's kind of a good balance of operations, stock collection, and cash collection. So it, it kind of lets you collect everything. You know, it's not simple like 18 Lilliput. It's it's more complicated than 1846. But it's a good step before something like 1830 or 1880, which are more complicated. So um, if you're playing in that sequence, I would definitely go like 18 Lilliput, then 1846, then 1889, and then 1880 or 1830. That's kind of how I would approach that in terms of complexity. But I'd say it's in my top two that I've played of 18xx games. I, I really liked it, actually. Um, so uh, yeah, really happy I have it. But one of the fun things that happened is actually based on a rule. Uh, we, we fucked up a rule, okay? So in this game, you can only sell a maximum, as in 1846, you can only sell a maximum of 50%. Not you can sell a maximum. There can only be a maximum of 50% of a company in the open market. So basically, if 50% of, of a company is in the open market, you can't sell shares of that company to the open market. Oh, yeah. We missed that rule, but it led to some incredible chaos that I want to tell you about. So um, 
basically we had all invested in Cheng's company. And uh, at one point we see that Cheng has just sold all his trains from that company to other companies. And we're like, oh boy, uh, things are about to <laughs> happen. So I sell my two shares in Cheng's, Cheng's company. And then Cheng sells his six shares in his company, which again, could not happen. As for the rules, he could have yeah. sold a maximum of three. So it wouldn't have worked, but we fucked it up. Okay. Like it happens. He sold six of his shares. So now the only person left of any shares in the company was Carol, who had two shares in this company that had no train and basically was all sold into the company. So Carol inherited. And he's the president. He becomes president of that company because it was Cheng's company. Carol becomes president of this company and you have to have a train in that company. So you have to basically spend all the company's money. If you cannot buy a train, you have to make up the difference by paying all your investor, your personal cash as the president. If you cannot make up that difference, you have to sell all your shares until you can have enough money to buy a train. And if you can't do all that, um, the game's over. Bankruptcy is one way to end the game. Yeah. So it would have caused well, bankruptcy. This is eight, 1830 also rules. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he doesn't have enough cash because the company comes broke, essentially, <laughs> from, from Chang. He puts all his cash into it, but this is late in the game. Like, the only trains available are, like, brown trains at this point. Like, it's expensive, you know? He pays all his cash, and then, this is the brilliance here, he has to sell stock. He has to sell shares. But the problem is we've decided, he's decided in this game to invest heavily in me, right? All my companies, which are doing really well. So he starts selling all my shares, decimating his portfolio, and my shares just plummet, just woo, <laughs> free fall, free fall. So in one move, whether intentional or not, a Cheng, domino effect. Cheng bankrupted Carol because at the end of that, when Carol bought the train, he had two shares, which were the shares in that company <laughs> that he inherited, zero dollars in cash. And I, all my shares, which were the most valuable shares in the game at the time, plummeted, plummeted almost into penny stocks. And I was like, this is like Machiavellian. You know what I mean? Like Machia Machiavellian? Machiavellian? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's ruthless, ruthless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we built our way back into the game. We did our best. Um, Carol was of course upset because it was not a legal move. Right. <laughs> we figured out later um, when, when it was too late to like sort of walk it back or we kind of were like, ah, it's okay. We're not going to walk it back, but we really should have because it destroyed the game. And <laughs> And we were, me and Cheng were in the 6,000s in terms of money at the end. And I was just $56 short of beating him. And oh. it broke my heart because he's really good at these. I've never beaten him at an 18xx game. And if my stocks hadn't plummeted like that, I would have beat him. And I was like, I'm with Carol. We should have walked him back. <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't because it was... You know, it was a mistake, but it was so cool to see how the inheritance could have a knock-on effect in terms of stock portfolio. And essentially, it it took out both his opponents from contention 
um, or me close to being out of contention with one move like that. It's just great. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's stuff like this that makes 18xx games great, you know? It's the stuff like the the impact, the, 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 the market that is created, the inherent economy between the players that makes it so good. So there you go. It's, it's very... It's very strange for an 18xx game to be good with three players. That's How true. How did that go? That's true. I thought it was great because it was the same number of companies, right? There's only, I think there's only um, eight companies in the game. So we basically had all the companies in play. Um, the only difference was the number of private companies that were available for auction. One company wasn't available. Um, so I would like to try to play it with more so that I can get that other company in the game. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a lot what of fun. It, yeah. What is the maximum uh, player count? Uh, six, I believe. Mm. Yeah, three to okay, six. It says best with three to four on BGG. Very interesting. Yeah, very had interesting. a great time. Uh, I think we all need a bit of a break from 18xx's now. <laughs> I was like, so 18.30 this weekend? And then Carol's like, I think I need, I think I need a minute. You know, so. <laughs> and it looks very nice. It does. It's quite pretty. For yeah. again, for 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 an eighteen xx. Yeah, temper your expectations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Shikoku eighteen eighty nine. As you were playing the last time with uh, Chinese communists, <laughs> this time <laughs> I played another game named Hollywood nineteen forty seven that it's about uh, communists and patriots in the United States uh, after Second World War trying to make movies. The concept is, is really strange. I mean, I don't know how things are now in the, uh, in the United States and what do they think about the communists of that era. So... For me, it was strange to say that the Patriots were the good guys and the Communists were the bad guys. I'm not sure if this is correct or or they just it's just a concept and they just wanted to do a game. Uh, the The game is a social deduction game, and uh, secretly you get uh, uh, to be loyal to the Communists or to be a Patriot. And it follows all the social deduction, voting game genre, like uh, Resistance Avalon, like uh, Secret Hitler, basically. And it comes from the Facade games, and the mm. designer is uh, Travis Hancock, who has done also Tortuga 1667. That's a great one. And Deadwood, and Deadwood 1876. That one is Not okay. so great as, yeah. Tortuga, as Tortuga. Yeah. It's again a, a game played for uh, five to nine players, thirty minutes uh, per play. Uh, you are making movies, and the whole idea is that the communist uh, team uh, is trying to make a propaganda movie influenced uh, in favor of the communism, while the patriots are trying to, are trying to do the the opposite, and they are doing so by playing a card on the movie that we're producing every uh, turn and in the end we're going to we're going th these cards are played uh, are played secretly and in the end we're going to count we're going to uh, face uh, to place the cards face up and count how many uh, 
Svastigas and sorry, not Svastigas. What is, <laughs> what is the Soviet? That escalated quickly. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is the the Soviet thing? The communist uh, symbol? The sickle and hammer. Thank you. That one. So, how many of these are on the cards, and how many eagles? Because of the American eagle is on the cards, and whoever has the most, that means that the movie is in favor of communism or uh, uh, patriotic, let's say. What uh, a strange theme. Propaganda. So what I liked in this game is that there are different character roles that they make the game very thematic. So I was the editor <laughs> of the movie. And uh, as the editor, uh, in the end, when everybody has voted, I could pick randomly one card, look at it, and then decide if I want it in the movie or just cut it out because I'm the editor. Mm. Uh, and the director can do other stuff. There are uh, actors, there are the uh, composers. Uh, so it, it makes the, the game kind of thematic, having these uh, abilities. Uh, also, the, the theme, I like the theme. Even if I say that, okay, it's, it's kind of... I don't know. I mean, it it uh, opens up a a discussion about mm-hmm. that era, and uh, as a Greek, I'm kind of sensitive because at the same time in Greece, in 1947, we had the Greek Civil War, mm-hmm. where the communists were fighting the uh, the patriots. I don't know how. I mean, in Greece, we just say the the state, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 30 years later, we decided uh, that the communists were also patriots because they were also fighting against the Nazis mm. during the Second World War. Even if in the end they wanted to, they preferred the communist future for the country rather than a democratic one. Yeah. So it opens that discussion, but it, it, it's a light game. So maybe it doesn't, maybe it does, it does open that discussion only in my mind. <laughs> That's also fair to, to say. Uh, what I didn't like about this game is the randomness. Uh, you're drawing three cards from the deck. So when you're playing a, a vote card, you have only three cards in your hand. I guess that's okay because sometimes you need to feel blocked. And even if you are a patriot, you, you, you can only play a communist card. But there is another mechanism that every uh, that you have a dice in front of you and there is a 50% chance that you're not participating in a movie. So you roll the die, and if there are, the die says that you're not participating, you're not. There are ways to re-roll, but again, it's a 50% chance. Maybe you're bad in rolling. Adding to that, after voting, you are adding randomly from the deck one card that nobody knows what it is, and it has not been played by the players. Adding to that, after doing that, you are shuffling the the voting cards and you are removing one card randomly Mm -hmm. from the voting cards. So it's, you have no clue what anybody (laughs) played. You just see the outcome. (laughs) And you are trying to make some assumptions like, okay, these four people voted, so, and it's a communist vote, four to three. But you have already added one random card and you have already removed one card. So, so you, you have no idea what, what's happening. Yeah. So this I didn't like. But 
I mean, in the genre of, again, social deduction, voting, uh, secret Hitler and stuff, yeah. I think all, all in all, it's a good game. And actually, I would like to play the game. It reminded me what you were saying of uh, how you resolve uh, things in Battlestar Galactica where everybody puts a card in, but then there's also like random cards added to it and then you shuffle it up and then see what the results were. And um, it always gave you a little bit of like leeway to be like, oh, like, you know, I, I must have been the random yeah. card, you know? Um, but um, yeah, it sounds... Uh, I, I, I think it works in certain situations, but I think Battlestar Galactica has a lot more around it, right? Like, as opposed to just yeah. um, just that being the, the main thing in the game. So it's interesting. I do think that Tortuga 1667 was fantastic. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like Salem 1692 when I tried it. and Oh, did you play that? I did, yeah. And I didn't like Deadwood 1876 when we played it in Essen. I wasn't a big fan yeah, of it. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, um, but yeah, this one sounds interesting. Um, I like the theme as well. I think you could have a nice conversation afterwards if you have the right people there. And it doesn't sound like you have to think too hard. So you could probably have the conversation while <laughs> while you're uh, playing it. So um, while you're playing that, yeah, well, it was it was you know one thing that was funny is that in the end of the game, one of the patriots said that oh they won, and he said. Oh, we won. I told you I'm one of the good guys. <laughs> so like you hated that assumption. The, yeah. Yes. I mean that 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 was strange for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think the American sort of North American bias to it just assumes like patriot means good, communist means bad, but for me all nationalism is pretty bad. <laughs> so I think it depends on like yeah. your perspective, yeah. like putting, putting a country before human life for me is automatically a bad thing. But I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that's a political discussion to be had another time. Maybe not yeah. on this podcast. Maybe we start a new one, uh, but, um, we always say so, but we, yeah, we never we call do well, yes. the politics of board games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, uh, oh my God, that would be a hit. That would be a hit. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we we can invite Dan Carlin on just to steal some of his viewers. Because oh. I know he plays like tabletop war games. So he can use some of that. Um, but yeah, oh my God. thank you for sharing that. That's very interesting. And I'm glad you got to try another one in the series. Because, you know, there could be another gem like Tortuga. So uh, who knows? On the theme All of... Right. Uh, you, my friend, the editor, Hippocrates, uh, we're about to put on our production of the Tabletop Session Awards 2023, and I'm going to hand Finally. over to the project manager, director, slash editor, and producer, one-man renaissance show, Hippocrates Nostopulous, <laughs> the Tabletop Session Awards 2023. <laughs> oh, my God. so happy because we haven't we have not done this for three years now yeah and for for the people that don't know we started this in 2017 mm -hmm. and so we ran it for four years and then COVID happened <laughs> and we stopped doing it every year yep and uh what the what is what we usually do is like uh we ask for 
our friends and listeners to vote for uh, their favorite party game, their favorite, uh, let's say, weekday game, a game that you can play, a short game that you can play on a weekday, their favorite long day game, like uh, Weekend, uh, like 18xx or uh, Dominant Species, some things like that, and their favorite game that they have played in the last year. So that's usually a new game, but not always. No, no, no. And I want to specify, because uh, everyone's always confused by this, this is a, a snapshot of what our listeners and our community has been enjoying in the last year. It does not have to be games that came out in 2023. The way our awards work is not about release date, but about what the TTS community um TTS tabletop sessions appreciated uh, what what we appreciated <laughs> lately. I want I want to point out the tabletop simulator came later than uh, tabletop sessions, so oh, they stole our. Acronym. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna make the claim, and we'll see later. But TTS is our community. This is like what our community loved in 2023. It could be a game from 1923. Okay, that's just how. <laughs> It works, all right? So I'm going to hand off to our host because I don't know any of these. So I'm going to be uh, oh, yes. I'm going to be yeah, hearing this, it the same as the rest of you. This, well, this, before this editing. Is so Elias is representing the listeners uh, and uh, hearing this for the first time. I'm so, so I'm going to give you some statistics, of course, as I always do. Uh, we had 33 submissions, which is... Uh, equal to what we had in 2017, so it's uh, it's not a record. I thought it was 30, 34 and we had the record, but apparently there was an empty row, so <laughs> I was disappointed at, <laughs> by that. But these listeners, they voted 217 games. Wow. And uh, and that was like, uh, yeah, too many games uh, suggested <laughs> by our listeners. So, so that's that was a huge diversity, maybe depicting the fact that uh, we have also two different communities next to us from Canada and Qatar at the same time. Uh, I have also uh, to mention the fact that uh, I added a question in the formula, in the form, sorry, uh, who says, my mom says I'm from that place. <laughs> and I did that because uh, if I was asking people uh, where do you live? Uh, I know in Qatar, they live in Qatar, but I want to know where are they from? I mean, are they from Syria, from India? And I didn't want to ask, where are you from? I don't know why. I mean, it feels like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it feels uh, not straightforward, I would say. Yeah. So I so I like the, the idea of asking what your mom says. Where, <laughs> where are you from according to your mom? Because I know, like, my kids, like, they, they have spent all their lives in Qatar. But if they ask their mom, they're Greek. So I was thinking this this would be, this is funny. And it's a funny way to, to place a question like that. And, uh, of course, as expected from board gamers, we received some uh, very uh, interesting answers <laughs> to that question. And uh, the... My favorite one is the first, which says, my mom says I'm from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had some other uh, more uh, 
science fiction uh, responses like my mom says I'm from outer space <laughs> my mom says I'm from a volcano <laughs> uh, my mom says I'm from Mars <laughs> my mom says I'm from Taco Land <laughs> And I believe that's Sergio, and <laughs> Takulant is, is Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> uh, there are some more emotional ones saying that my mom says I'm from her heart. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. my mom says I'm from a, <laughs> my, my mom says I'm from a different planet. My mom says I'm from uh, play school. My mom's okay. uh, usually this usually disowns me. <laughs> and effectively, we got one uh, one answer that I didn't see coming, but then I thought the, that uh, maybe that wasn't the correct the correct question to to ask. And the response was, I don't have a mom. Oh, no. So, oh, no. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I want to apologize to people that... Uh, uh, spend some time uh, helping us to orphans. If I made, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> if <laughs> if I uh, made a, a sad, uh, I'm a I, bad person. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm very happy uh, listening to us, and I'm very happy that uh, you filled that form and uh, you helped us uh, find the best games uh, for uh, the Tabletop Session Awards of 2023. And we hope that in some way uh, that fills up your life enough to replace having a mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't go there. But okay, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I'm going to cut uh, this out. Okay, I'm so, going to cut this out. <laughs> some other, some other uh, things that I would like to say is that sometimes people were uh, voting specific versions of a game or specific editions like, and I had, I have to merge them and this happened with Twilight Imperium, where I had votes for Twilight Imperium 3 and 4. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Gloom and Frostheaven. That's I'm fine. I'm not sure. They're very similar. Uh, Werewolf and One Night Werewolf. Sure, yeah. St St Steam and Age of Steam. Yep. And Nemesis and Nemesis Lockdown. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, now, uh, as the last thing uh, about the process, the tiebreakers were most uh, first places. More, uh, I mean, if there was a tie in the points uh, received by a game, then uh, which game received the most uh, first uh, uh, rankings? And uh, second tiebreaker was most people voted for that game. Gotcha. So without, fur without further ado, let's go to the best party games of 2023 according to TTS starting of course with uh, number three uh, wait any guesses? no I, I mean <laughs> I, I have no idea who voted like I, I know like four people who voted in this thing so I uh, yeah so I'm gonna say that the the winner of the 2020 Tabletop Session Awards was The Crypto Party for party game for party games, and this uh, time, number three was Blood on the Clock Tower. Nice, a game nice. from 2022 by Stephen Medway. Uh, we have talked about this game a lot. Social deduction, six to sixteen players. I love this game. I think I think that was the game that I voted for. I'm not sure. 
Uh, I could probably tell you that it's definitely the game you voted for. Just the, the amount of times you've brought it up on the podcast <laughs> is definitely the game you voted for. I mean, I cannot for. help it. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Blood on the time, Clock Tower. I haven't played it. It's just so expensive to get a copy. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. Uh, I need to find for no reason, who by the way. It. Yeah. For the box, you know, I guess. Because you can, like, organize stuff in the box, I guess. So that's true. I mean, no, the the uh, the quality is very good of the components, but the, at the same time, uh, for one year we were playing my print and play version until the version that uh, my friend had kickstarted came to Qatar, mm-hmm. and I did I I didn't see the difference to be honest. I mean, I understand that the <laughs> the game itself is better, and and of course. It's a good thing to uh, to pay the designers and the uh, distributors and the developers for the for their work, but at the same time, if you cannot find the game, feel free to to enjoy it. I would say that. Yeah. So uh, that was number three. So party game number two. So it's just to define, you're saying basically came in third, came in second, and then winner, right? Correct. Runner-ups. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So number uh, two was. The crypto. Oh wow! Still previous, going after all these years. The previous winner with uh, uh, Thomas Desjenet L'Esperance, uh, the designer, uh, 2018, nice. and three to eight players. I love the crypto. The crypto holds also, uh, as Blood in the Clock Tower, uh, holds also <laughs> a special place in my heart because it was a gift from you in Essen. And it's, it, oh, yeah. it's it, so it carries so many memories. I'm so sweet. And also, it's and <laughs> actually, it's an excellent game. No, really, when, it is. I, I bought mean, a copy when, myself after we left. Really? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, when you uh, when you bought the game in Essen, we were thinking it's, it's a great idea. But I now nowadays I think it's the best. Uh, uh, in its genre, I think, like uh, it's very to... good. It's very good. And uh, to give Double everyone like an idea, games, let's see. Before we announce, so in 2016, the winner of the party game was Codenames. 2017, Monikers. 2018, Vegas Wits and Wagers. 2019, Decrypto. And in 2023, oh. we seem to have a new winner. I'd be surprised if it was any of the other ones. Are we ready? What would you say if I say it's one of the previous ones? Uh, that's a little anticlimactic. <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> it, it, it is anticlimactic no. and it is Monikers. No! By Alex Hag and Justin Vickers. Who voted? Released okay. in 2015. Boo. People still play Monikers. And there are <laughs> several expansions and... I have literally like all game. the expansions. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a good, I'm probably going to get it played over Christmas. Like, it's a good game. Yeah, yeah, but yes, exactly. Yeah, it's the game that you, you can very easily like uh, place it on the table and say, "Okay, guys, I'm gonna teach you a game." I was hoping my choice would Spe- be number one, but I guess not. What was your choice? I think I picked Station Fall. <laughs> oh, Station is, Fall, which is like a three-hour game. So I don't know how much of a party game it is, but yeah, yeah, I can give you some insights for the Station Fall, like nobody else voted for it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Moniker's two-time winner of the TTS Community 
what is this what is this award show called tts awards party game 2023 <laughs> yes <laughs> T- or tts a the 2023 tts awards for party games moniker yes all right congratulations oh, yeah. uh it's definitely a great game i didn't mean to i just wanted a new winner because i did that whole build-up but uh, Monikers is solid. I have yeah. a lot of the expansions and I love it. And we even add like extra rounds to it when we play just to get more and more ridiculous. Uh, some of the shut up and sit down <laughs> recommended stuff. And it's it's just a fun really? time. Yeah. Like remember we did the one where you like could only use your hands on top of the, on top of the chair. <laughs> How ridiculous it got. Uh, it's just the Man, it, it was so funny. So yeah. funny. Well done. We should... By the way, by the way, I have played Monikers a lot the last year, but uh, we're not playing with the fourth round. We should incorporate the fourth round again. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's definitely, a note. definitely. All right, what's the next category? So the next category is the Tuesday games, as I call them, or uh, like the shorter yeah uh, weekday games. games. Yeah. So previous winners have been in 2016. Sigh. 2017, Russian Railroads. 2018, it was a tie between Seventh Continent and Wildcatters. And in 2019, it was Era, Medieval Age. Wow. Okay. Yeah, correct. So, uh, so great games in our previous awards. Let's see what happened this time. Uh, number three in uh, this category uh, is Hit. Pedal to the metal. Nice. I think I voted. But, might have voted for that one. That's a good one. By Asker Harding, Granerad, Daniel Skold, Pedersen. These guys they have done the Flam Rouge game. That's right. Yeah. Which is an excellent, which is an excellent racing game, and they incorporated the best mechanisms I feel in the in the hit game in the which is, yeah, I think it's like one of the best racing games out there right now, and. Because they resolved this problem with the games that they need a lot of players and mm-hmm. you are wasting a lot of time waiting for each round. Now you just play simultaneously and that's all. You're just uh, moving all together. Congratulations so to de- Heat. It's an excellent game. Cannot recommend it more. Excellent game. Uh, Actually, I have a story about Heat. Game. So when, when I was in D.C., oh. my, staying at my friend who doesn't play board games, they had a copy of Heat. <laughs> they were like, oh, like, uh, my brother-in-law bought it for us. And um, we thought uh, we wanted to buy you a copy. But then we were like, oh, Elias probably already has a copy. But, like, um, it, it's gaining some, like, mass market appeal, which I'm, I'm glad to hear because I think it has a lot of solid hobby mechanisms and it introduces people to a game that can be fun and fast-paced and um, good for a big group or a family, but doesn't have to be just dice rolling. And um, yeah. I'm really glad that it's doing that. You know, it's the opposite exactly. of gatekeeping. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So um, well you're, deserved. You're right. It it appeals it appeals to everybody. Yes. Yeah. And you can make it a, as uh, simple or as uh, complicated as you want. I mean, you know, there are expansions, variants, and you can add cards. Anyway. Excellent choice for number three. Number two, another excellent choice according to myself, that's Concordia. Mm. <laughs> Mac Gertz. It's a, okay, it's an old game, 2013. It's 10 years old now. Uh, 
two to five players. Uh, but uh, it's like hit. It's very hard to find to find a person that doesn't like Concordia. That, yeah. That's the problem, I guess. I mean, if it's if it's a problem. <laughs> no, like yeah, it's one of the few like it still hits the table all the time in all the groups that I know, and it's like the best trading in the Mediterranean game in terms of its mechanism, and it's really good for me. It just. I feel like it's fine. It's a good game. It's not offensive to like anyone, but it's it's not a game that I would vote for as like. It's not offensive to anyone. But what does that? Mean? I mean, like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna dislike it. Like you said, like nobody's oh, gonna yeah, say, yeah. "Oh, that Concordia sucked." But like, are there any exciting emotions in the game? No. <laughs> like I, I yeah yeah I, I I see yeah. what you're saying yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like it's like saying the the runner up is like a really good like B plus game, like you know, and that's how I feel about this. But I'm happy that a lot of people like it. It's a good game. So um, let's say that I have played Concordia many times in the last year, and it's hard to come up with a story to tell in the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <From> exactly. <laughs> oh, that one time we used the salsa expansion. Yeah. Oh, and we sold some salt in the in Egypt. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> so hot that time. I had to switch the sandals. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Concordia. Runner up. And the winner is a game from 2016. Uh oh. Play. <laughs> Played with one to five uh, players, where you play a corporation that initiates huge projects to raise the temperature, the oxygen level, and the ocean coverage into the environment Mars. <laughs> in <laughs> Mars. <laughs> Who are all these people voting? <laughs> uh, this is terraforming Mars, as you correctly guessed, <laughs> from Jacob Vixilius. I don't know. I, I really didn't see that coming. But I understand that Terraforming Mass is a huge uh, yeah. success as a board game. I mean, I can find it in Qatar in uh, in a bookstore. Actually, yeah, I, I, I saw in, uh, in Borders I'm thinking, yesterday. I'm thinking the move is to stop letting our listeners vote for stuff. Because <laughs> 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 apparently they just like mass market stuff. Like, that's this is what they like. They like yes. generic. But, like, but that... Games this, you're supposed no, to no, no, like. This, this is why we're doing this because later we're gonna do our top fifty, mm, and then people true. will see. That would be the, coming on episode fifty. Look out for it. <laughs> <laughs> people will see what real so, taste looks like. <laughs> but but terraforming Mars didn't win another uh, uh, the Games Award, right? No, so it's the is, first time. So it is a new winner, and it is again a good game. I have I have the big version. Um, and I really like it. Um, it's again, it's like Concordia, which is like, it's a game I'm happy to play anytime. It's just not like exciting me. I'm not chomping at the bit for this game, you know? So. You know, a funny thing about Terraforming Mars, I played it, uh, I started playing it with uh, Sergio and another two guys uh, one month ago, I think. And I was so happy playing it. I was thinking, this is such a good game. And after like 30 minutes, uh, somebody had to go and we stopped uh, the game and we didn't play it. We we didn't finish the game. And I was thinking, oh, I was not remembering Terraforming Mars like that, that it was such a good game. 
And then next week I said to my friend, okay, let's play Terraforming Mars again. And we played it. And it, like, it was like two and a half hours. Wow. And it was so boring in the end. <laughs> and and I, was think, I was thinking maybe that's the problem with me. It's too long for what it is. If it was a one-hour game, it would have been fantastic. Or maybe 90 minutes. I think it's too, uh, too long for what it is. Anyway. I do like just, uh, it. I do. I, I do want to say, like, yeah, but I, 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 I will play that a lot. I think it's one of the better tableau building games out there. Um, but yeah, it's just again, it, it just feels a little not exciting, maybe, <laughs> maybe as a choice. Like so far, the uh, the most yeah. exciting thing we've I mean, heard has been Blood on the Clock Tower and maybe Heat. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's how I felt. But yeah, uh, but. Uh, but you should. We should talk about the winners, I guess. Yeah, let's no? go terraforming Mars. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, terraforming Mars. You deserve it. Actually, they do. They're selling really well, and it's a great game, and a yeah, lot of people they, have heard of it. They do terraforming Mars Tuesday game, and best weekday game of the TTS community 2023. Congratulations. And Elias, I'm gonna say after this award, they're gonna say even even harder. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's the case. Okay. <laughs> and okay, now let's let's move on to my favorite category, which is the long weekend games. Because I think it's my favorite category. Would you like I me to name some previous games. winners of this uh, category? Yes. Oh, yes, please. Yes. In 2016, the correct winner won, which was Virgin Queen. In uh, 2017, <laughs> it was Game of Thrones. The board game in 2018 it was food chain magnet in 2019 it was feudum let me oh. just say this category has had some really good winners like i'm i'm excited to yeah. see who's going to join the pantheon game of thrones is like yeah it separate, sticks out like a sore, th <laughs> sore thumb yeah <laughs> i mean it's, but it's not a bad game to be honest it's, yeah it's okay yeah. okay are you ready for uh, number three i am Okay, so number three is uh, an asymmetric politico-economic card-driven board game for two to five players that puts you in the role of one of the socio-economic groups in a fictional state. Hegemony! The working class, the, the middle class, correct, the capitalist class, and the state itself. And that's Hegemony. That's a game from 2023. It's a brand new game from Vangelis Bayartakis and Varnavas, Varnavas Timotheu. The famous designer and of Kitchen Rush. <laughs> I'm in love with this game. Uh, I have played it so many times. Uh, another friend of mine now ordered his copy and uh, he's making his own little group of uh, Hegemoners. <laughs> or, wait, Hegemonies? Sure. I mean, Hegemonistic. Hegemons. Hegemons, <laughs> I guess. Yes. Uh, we have a, anyway, so I'm, re yeah, I'm really excited about this. We have a copy in the group now, so I'm very excited to finally get a play in. So oh, I mean, I don't want to so talk happy. about too much on the podcast because you've talked about it a lot. So, um, but actually, the guy who got it, Carol, said that your excitement on the game is the reason that he picked it up. So, uh, oh my God, Vangelis Bagaritakis, you okay. can send the commission check to Ipo at thegreek.com. <laughs> I feel honored. Uh, okay, since you mentioned that, now I have to say that unlike Concordia, there are people that have played Hegemony and didn't like it at all. Good. So, <laughs> so 
but not so many. Okay, that's a good thing. Like I, yes, that's true. That's a good thing. Yeah. We're not supposed it's, to all it like everything. Before, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't be for every. For that everyone. just means you're boring. Exactly. <laughs> you had nothing interesting. Anyway, let's go on to the second, the first runner-up, I guess. Second place. Yeah. Yes. Second place. A game of galactic conquest in which three to six players take on the role of one of 17 factions vying for galactic domination through military might, political maneuvering, and economic bargaining. Every faction offers a completely different play experience from the wormhole-hopping ghosts of Kreos to the Emirates of Hakan. I don't know if I, if I pronounced them correctly. You know better. I, I do. Masters of trade and economics. And that's Twilight Imperium 4. Congratulations. 2017 game from uh, Dane Beltrami, Cory Konichka, Christian Peterson. Three to six players. Best with six. Terrific game. Uh, And I have to say, Hedzebon is supposed to be best with four players, by the way. The best epic space game that I've come across, Twilight Imperium. Until something else beats it, it's the greatest. Plus, I'm part of the lore officially, so... You know, go out there, buy your copies yeah. of uh, <laughs> The Veiled Masters, dramatized edition, audiobook from Graphic Audio, starring yours truly as uh, Tarak, the trade, Hakan trade ambassador. Uh, check it out. It's uh, incredible. Narration is top-notch. <laughs> I, think, I think the last two plays uh, that I had with uh, Twilight Imperium were anticlimactic. So, so they made me not wanting to spend so ma- so many hours again for that game. Get better friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good advice always, and uh, I guess, <laughs> and <laughs> it applies to everything in this world. So it does indeed. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know if you if you don't want to say anything more about Twilight Imperium, let's move on to the winner of the. Weekend long games, which is okay. I'm gonna tell you this imagine you can control the forces of a noble family, guild, or religious order on a barren planet, which is the only source for the most viable substance in the known universe. No way, and that's Dune. Oh, just Dune? Not Dune Imperium? That's I guess Dune. Dune <laughs> no, Dune beat Twilight Imperium? Oh, no. It was close. Oh. It was close, but Dune oh, no. beats Twilight Imperium. Uh, Dune, of course, has a, a newer in, uh, edition in two, 2019. A game from Bill Eberle, Zach Kittredz, and Peter Olotka. The designers of there. Cosmic Encounter. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so yep. sim- sim- simple mechanisms make the game. Yeah. Uh, Look, Dune's good. I had the original edition, which I was really proud of because it was impossible to get. Um, and it was fun when we played it. It just never hit the way Twilight Imperium hit. Like, it just felt like 
a lot of the factions, especially the ones that gained all the spice and gained all the, you know, like the emperor and the spacing guild basically had full control of the resources of the game. And, um, if they allied together, it was in a six player game. It was really hard to not win. Um, also not the biggest fan of the combat system, which is like where you put the dial and put the card in and then put the traders. It's okay. It's better than dice, but, um, Dune's a fine game. I'm just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm canceling the awards. <laughs> no, I mean, this is the, la- there this are is the last year. that we loved in this game that you can win as an alliance, uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. And, uh, each faction has the different, uh, way to adapt and, uh, compete with the other factions. I mean, it's a, it's a very good game and, I'm going to say that this is kind of biased because all the people I know in Qatar, they love Dune. They play Dune every week. Mm. So and, you people uh, Yes, yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, how do you call when a, a minority uh, affects the outcome of the... Like in Eurovision. Either <laughs> <laughs> like 10% of the people like love something while others are just... Uh, you know, diversify their Not votes. Not united. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that affects the voting, but still a very good game. And, and everyone our... who Ipo knows in Qatar is banned from voting in this for the future. <laughs> not that June isn't good. It's just not great. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of bummed out about the, be- the results the, of this award. It's the best they know. <laughs> then, then, okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to best Let's game of say the I'm year. E- I'm excited about our top 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, best game of the year. Uh, give me the, the previous winners, please. Best game, new to us game, right, of the yeah. year. So Correct. we didn't do this one in 2016. So it starts 2017. The winner was Seventh Continent. 2018, it was The Mind. Wow. And in 2000. 19 it was wingspan and yeah. uh those were some solid solid choices the mind was a trend really like i i still like play a, it really yeah i love the mind <laughs> i can never get enough of the mind it's there, there were wonderful there game. was a time actually i haven't i was not uh, i'm not bringing it with me in the uh, game nights anymore but there maybe that's my fault because I remember there were times that people were asking okay did you bring the mind and oh, <laughs> they wow. were they were waiting for it basically you tried to relieve them of their addiction to this game which is very kind of you so well and done. and yes and by the way yesterday was the first time that I didn't bring the crypto with me and people asked me did you, did you bring the crypto and I was wow. like, oh, I'm sorry. The Crypto is such a good game. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, completely irrelevant. Let's go back to what, <laughs> what we were saying about the best game of the year. Uh, so number three is, uh, I think, a game that we have not played. It's Age of Atlantis. Okay. It, it's a game from 2022. It's an engine building game. Uh, civilization-like uh, theme and uh, civilization-like game, 
I would say. Uh, you are an asymmetric noble house trying to become the most politically powerful and you will grow your house population and discover new technologies and cultures and defend your city because there are some people uh, trying to, to get the city. Uh, it's a game that I really liked. I have played it only once. Uh, it reminded me of Scythe in regards to uh, that I had my own personal board, you know, with these recesses when you, where you uh, have cubes that are showing the how powerful is your actions and every time you can unlock new actions and make better stuff. And that was really, really exciting. And uh, the mechanisms were solid. To be honest, what I didn't like in that game was the... Um, the graphic design, I would say. I didn't like... I mean, the colors were really, very uh, dark and mood. I, I wanted it to be a more happy game. It's a, it's a very strange thing to say, I understand now. But uh, I think they could have done something better in the illustrations, maybe. Anyway... It's a game designed by Daniel Aronson, one to four players, and it's best with three players. And we played it three players, and it, it was really great. So okay. check it out, Age of Atlantis. Well, and to clarify for those again, because he said best game of the year and then said it came out in 2022, just to re-clarify, this is best games that were new to our listener community in 2023. So if the first time they played it was 2023, they could vote for this one. All right. Thank you. I have nothing to add because I've not played it. Exactly. So technically, if everybody had played for their first time in 2023 chess, they could have voted for chess and it, it could have the been the game of the year. Damn right? straight. Yes. <laughs> so going to number two, it's mm -hmm. a party game. It's okay. a party game where you have a secret character, all players can control all characters trying to achieve their objectives <gasps> before the station yes! falls to earth. Yes! <laughs> yes, we did it, guys. We did it. Mindful. Mindful station fall. <laughs> we Sta did it. That's we station did it. fall. We got a good game in there. We did it. Station fall. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> it, it's a very good game from Matt Eklund. Four to five uh, players. Sorry, one to nine players. It's best with four or five, according to BGG. Is that true? Do you think it's true? Yes. Four to five, not more. Well, no, because it'll just get around to your turn faster. I think oh, yeah. that's kind of the reason. But it does play up to nine, I think, which is pretty cool. So. And it is a game that came out in 2023, according to... Board game Let's Geek. go. Station fall. We did it, guys. We did it. So brand new games, guys. Uh, okay, so ready for the number one game of the year. It's Can't another game another game that uh, released in 2023. And can can you guess? No. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me think a little bit. 2023. You know, my instinct, just because of the people I've talked to, is it a tiny game? 
tiny? Like small bugs. Ah, no. Oh, okay. I was going to say Scout because I know a lot of people oh, really yes. love Scout, but but yeah, I guess not. Okay. S Scout, by the way, it was number four. Nice. So it's, it's another good Tell game. Tell me, who's the so, winner? So it's Hedzemony. Oh, no. <laughs> Lead your class to victory. The game that we just talked about. And it was number three in the long games. It's also the best game of the year by far. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's fair. Like, it, it, we've had a lot of like stuff around it, and yeah. everyone seems to enjoy it in some way. And at least there's been lots of repeat repeat plays. And I'm actually that's a really good pick. I'm really glad to hear it was that instead of like the new version of Dune Imperium Uprising. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm re really glad that it was an actual like cool like interesting game that's not just like meant to be as non-offensive as possible that's awesome that's really cool well <laughs> done really to Germany. and I'm, yeah. I'm really happy with this list of games where number four is scout and number five is arc nova very cool so scouts is... and arc nova so basically our top five new to our community games in 2023 five arc nova four scout three age of atlantis two the one and only station fall and one hegemony leads your class to victory. Well done. That's a good one. You, this, this one made up for the other ones. Well, that's a good <laughs> fix right here. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. You pulled it out. You pulled like you, you were clutch in the last five minutes. You know what I mean? I was literally this close to just scrapping the awards forever. <laughs> so I'm proud of all of you. Um, well done. Uh, and congratulations to Monikers, Terraforming Mars, Dune, and Hegemony, our winners of the 2023 TTS podcast, TTS Award. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I, I want to say uh, that it was uh, a lot of work to set up everything, apparently, but I, I really oh, enjoyed it. Yes, thank you, Ipo. Thank you. I appreciate all the work you did. Sorry, I didn't appreciate you. No, I, 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 want, I, want, I want to say I, enjoy, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole process. Uh, yeah, but it was a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I would really like to thank everybody for uh, that filled the form and uh, submitted their votes because they actually did all this. They, they are the real MVPs. Damn straight. You're the real MVPs. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Tabletop Sessions. Join the conversation or share a fun story of board game shenaniganism. Let us know what you thought of the uh, community choices and our TTS awards over on Board Game Geek Guild. And also check out our YouTube channel. Leave a comment on this. Let us know your thoughts on the winners, the runner-ups, and the ones that you really thought should have won that didn't. You can find the link to all of these in the episode description. We'll be back in a month. And until then, here's to a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and being kind to one another in the new year. Say bye. Play board games, guys. It's holidays. If that one works, you can't do it again except like in 12 episodes. <laughs> that one's not going to come back until episode 55. <laughs> 55. Oh, 55.
Wait, 43 plus 12. Yeah, you're like 45. You know me with math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the best. <laughs>